Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman Podcast. Superman was created by Jerome Siegel and Joe Schuster. Hi, I'm Stephen Biscotti. And I'm Justin Candelaria. And you're listening to The, the Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Superman, Superman Show. Show. The Saturday Morning Superman Show is a podcast about Superman and animation across generations. This show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. The Last Son of Krypton Part 1 originally aired on September 6, 1996. It was written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini. It was directed by Dan Reba. It featured art direction by Glenn Murakami. And it was produced by Bruce Timm. Uh, when The Lesson of Krypton originally aired, it aired as a movie uh, for the purposes of how the show originally aired, or it aired later on in syndication, and once uh, the DVD release of it came out, they broke it up into three parts, The Lesson of Krypton Part 1, uh, Part 2, and Part 3. Uh, and I really fondly remember uh, the premiere of Superman the Animated Series, and I also very fondly remember the premiere of Batman Beyond. And interestingly, the whole DC animated universe that began with Batman the animated series and continued really through Justice League Unlimited all featured, you know, the same people like Bruce Timm and Paul Dini and and Shirley Walker and and um, Andrea Romano as the voice director. And so it was a very uh, tight-knit creative family. It was very similar to how Marvel does their cinematic movies, where it, you had a lot of like the same people uh, that were involved movie to movie that were that were like the architects of this universe. And I think that's probably why, when you get to Justice League Unlimited, you realize just how cohesive the storytelling is. Um, but I remember they made this into an event. It was on uh, Kids WB, and they aired it at like they aired it in the evening from what I remember and uh, like I remember like me my mom and my dad we were all aware like this is a new Superman show and so in midnight early in mid 90s uh, we had Superman live action through Lois and Clark the new adventures of Superman with Dean Cain and, and Terry Hatcher and growing up I was a big fan of Superman through that show and so to have a Superman cartoon it felt you know appropriate it felt like wow like you know like this is Superman it's, it's going to be a big deal and I remember, you know, they aired it in the evening. They aired it as, as a whole feature-length film. And then I remember it came out on VHS not that long after, where it was, I think, called Superman, uh, the animated series, The Last Son of Krypton. I, I think the image on the VHS box art, it, it was either him, like, flying upwards with his fist out, or he was, like, punching through a wall. But I had the tape, and I tend to watch that over and over again. And I primarily fast-forward through Krypton and Smallville, just to get when to when Clark Kent gets to Metropolis and when he becomes excuse me when he becomes Superman, and uh, I remember that like I'd watched all the time. But for Superman the animated series, I didn't really watch it as much as I did uh, with Batman. And when Kids WB introduced uh, the new adventures of Batman and Superman or the Batman and Superman adventures, um, I watched it and I'd come home from school and and I liked them. But I remember the two things that I'd always think about was, one, I didn't really like how the animation had changed for Batman within his fourth season, and the Superman ones I just never really had too much interest in. And so interestingly, as much of a Superman the Animated Series fan as I am now, uh, a lot of people don't really realize that like I wasn't always like the biggest fan of the show since I was a kid, since it originally aired in 1996. And it was the year that Man of Steel came out in June of 2013 that uh, my mom and I, we uh, had this like mini marathon as a countdown going on until Superman came out. And we'd watch one episode a night of Superman the Animated Series, all 54 episodes leading up to Man of Steel. So it was like the 54 days leading up to Man of Steel. We'd watch one episode a night. And this is a tradition that my mom and I have had since Batman Begins where we watched all four seasons of Batman the Animated Series, one episode a night leading up to Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and, and The Dark Knight Rises. So it absolutely made every sense, you know, to, to continue that really with Superman. 
and uh, we did it again with um, with Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice in March 2016. And you know, it's funny. I don't remember if I did it for Justice League uh, because Justice League, I kind of felt like it was a Superman movie, but it wasn't. But um, it was very cool to be looking at the Last Son of Krypton Part One because I think uh, for this episode. I don't think I've seen it any more than 10 times. So it's really, you know, it it still feels new to me in a lot of ways, but it still feels very familiar. And I'm excited to take a look at Last Son of Krypton Part 1 with you and continue on uh, through the Saturday Morning Superman show as we look at these episodes. Yeah, the first episode of the show, Last Son of Krypton Part 1, was actually a very interesting episode. And very it reminded me a lot of um i think we were talking about this the other day it reminded me of the spider-man animated series um the animation for that so when watching the show i was like i like how when the camera pans or the camera tilts that you have that little stutter because you know that since it's animation this is hand drawn i'm assuming that you know people find those what those trick ways to you know kind of like cheat cheat the audience or like cheat the camera you know when you're doing the tilts and pans so like just seeing how it is seeing how it's made a little stutter kind of brought me back to when I used to watch animated series like that like Batman and Spider-Man so this journey of um this Superman animated series is going to be a very interesting one and for hearing you how you say like how you weren't that big of a fan of it back then I think we could all relate to that how we're not how we're not biggest fans is something we used to watch when we were younger like me when it like there's certain Power Rangers seasons that I wasn't the biggest fan when I was a younger younger kid and that's because some of those were just not made for my audience and so when I got older I wa- I rewatched one of the seasons and I was just like wow this is a lot more detailed than I thought and so for Superman anime series for you I could surely understand that and it's it's definitely okay to you know, watching when you're a kid, not appreciate that much, but then when you're older, you have that mentality and you rewatch it, it's almost like you're watching something new to you. And then when you keep rewatching, keep rewatching it, like you usually learn something every like new every single time. There's movies where I watch like multiple times, like I watched Saving Private Ryan, which is my favorite movie of all time, like at least I can't count many times, like maybe like five hundred to a thousand times in my lifetime. And I learn something new every single time when I watch it. I even learn something new every single time when I talk about it with other people. And for this animated series, you know, this could either be something that, you know, history that you could learn, you know, later on. Something Like, once you watch, like, behind the scenes, and then you watch, like, an episode again of that behind the scenes, you would realize something that you noticed or that you saw. You know, whether it's, you know, a certain voice actor, you know, or a certain storyline, certain writing. And for this episode of the Superman anime series is very much a great introduction into um, what we're to expect in this show. And I could only just imagine how, you know, maybe thrilled you you were back then when watching it as a kid or maybe like how even more thrilled you were when we watching it with your mom, you know, those 54 days leading up to uh, Man of Steel and this episode while it is you know it's usually pilots are slow it's, i always consider this a pilot a pilot episode because usually every single first episode is a pilot yeah it, it's interesting because it, again as we've mentioned uh the last son of krypton on the dvd it's broken up into three parts so you have you know last son of krypton part one part two and part three and when the show eventually um when it when uh when it found itself in syndication i remember you know, especially, like, I think all of us that remember, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, uh, they were very, they aired very differently than uh, when you get the DVD or when you get, when you had, like, the tapes, and uh, they were always out of order. So you would get, you know, uh, a new episode, a new episode, and then, like, five weeks of, like, reruns, and then you'd get a new episode, and it was the most annoying and frustrating thing I remember as a kid because like with Spider-Man the animated series X-Men uh, all of them like I remember there were certain episodes that I like we, we like we I could speak for everyone I think you know we would see the same episodes over and over and over again like either we really wanted to see an episode with Clayface or we really wanted to see an episode with uh, you know Metello 
and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, how many times are we going to see the same Brainiac episode, or how many times are we going to see, you know, Christmas with the Joker, you know, and um, so it's interesting to rediscover a show, I think, on DVD, especially now, as I think you could really appreciate the storytelling more, and the work that was put into the show, uh, especially like with us being older now, there's more to it. And I think that also speaks to really how smart uh, the creative team was of, again, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, uh, Dan Reba, Glenn Murakami, everyone that worked on, on Superman, the animated series, and even all these other 90s shows, that they really created something that could speak to people across generations. And mm-hmm. the, Saturday, the, excuse me, the Saturday Morning Superman show is a podcast that speaks to Superman in animation across generations. And Superman is one of the most generational of superheroes out there. He was alive, you know, when my grandfather was a kid. And my great-grandfather, like my mom was talking to me yesterday about it, you know, he was so excited by the George Reeves TV show. And it was appointment television where everybody had to gather around and watch it together. But... You know, you're taking a man that was born before Superman ever even existed, you know, and then he only really connected with Superman through the TV show. Whereas my grandfather, he connected with Superman because he was a kid, you know, <laughs> when when the book came out, mm-hmm. when the when the first issue, when Action Comics number one came out, you know, he had the comic book and he, you know, he went off to serve in World War II, World War Two, you know, it's a tale as old as time, you know, he goes off to serve. His mom throws throws out all of his stuff. He comes back. He's like, you know, where are my comics? You know, and it's like, oh, I threw it all out. And, you know, who would have thought that action one would be what it is today? Mm-hmm. But um, it's just to say that, you know, Superman's been around forever and you have like two different men, one who knew him through a TV show, one who knew him from a comic book and then a TV show. And you have something like Superman, the animated series. And we connect with it as a kid because it's that big blue heroics. You know, he's a this big superhero, you know, with that square jaw and the cape, and it's all the common tropes of heroics that, that we know and love, where it's that strongman stuff of lifting a car and fighting for the downtrodden and being a champion for the oppressed. And uh, you like it, and you like the colors, and you like the animation, but then you're watching it when you're a little older, and you're, you're really amazed by like the tapestry of writing and and just how clever the episodes are and there's some adult themes that are definitely (laughs) present and and you just don't pick up on it Mm -hmm. so i um you know i'm excited to do this and um i think we should just go into it yeah you know it's it's been a long time coming and i'm ready to watch it last son of krypton part one same here me too okay let's begin So, of course, The Last Son of Krypton Part 1 opens with the traditional Bugs Bunny eating a carrot as the Warner Brothers logo plays. And then it goes into uh, the intro. It's the it's the first time we get a glimpse of uh, Baby Kal-El, Clark Kent, and Superman. Uh, it's in a very interesting origin. And I had just pre- actually learned uh, just a few days ago when I went back to do research for this show that Bruce Tim had said that, and, and, and I quote, that Superman was a really hard show to do. We always wanted to do an original main title, but we ran out of time. And it's amazing to think that with Superman the Animated Series, you know, you're dealing with Superman, and you're running out of time. <laughs> and also, as a Superman fan, to think that uh, he's a character that would be hard to present in animation, it... um. It's very interesting to think about that because, you know, I feel like if I was entrusted, you know, the keys to the kingdom of Superman, I would totally run with it. And and that's definitely coming from the, the, the purest of, 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 of being a super fan in me. Uh, but it was really interesting to hear that Bruce Tim said that it was really a hard show to do because you don't really realize that with Superman, because he speaks to so many different people... You know, he has to represent something, but it has to be that, like, baseline of, like, okay, what does it mean to be Superman, you know, in 1996? You know, what does it mean uh, to say that Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American way? You know, what does the American way 
mean to Americans and, and, and to a global audience in the 90s. And this is something that's been changing since 1938 to now in 2019. And so, you know, you have Batman and it's vigilante justice and you can mm-hmm. almost throw him into any crime story or, or a noir uh, tale and, and you could really weave an interesting Batman story in. Mm-hmm. He's very linear, I guess, if that's the right way to say it. Whereas Superman's kind of like, he can be whatever you need him to be. Uh, I think that speaks to more of the mythological nature and almost like the religious implications of Superman that that he has to mean something to someone, but what he means to you might not be the same of what he means to me. I think we see this absolutely, um, you know, when you look at Superman across, you know, film and cartoons... Mm -hmm. Uh, I love Superman the Animated Series. It's my favorite version of the character. But I also love Man of Steel. Yeah. And before we started watching Last Son of Krypton Part 1, uh, I had said to Justin, like, hey, like, let's rewatch the opening moments of Superman the movie, mm-hmm. and then let's watch Man of Steel. And we watched the first 25 minutes of Superman the movie, uh, from, you know, the introduction of Krypton to the destruction of Krypton, and then we watched the first 20 minutes of Man of Steel. Same thing, you know, opening introduction to Krypton, destruction of Krypton, right up until uh, Kal-El is sent to Earth. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be really good framework to uh, put the Superman, the animated series in. Because as we were looking at Last Son of Krypton, I wanted to look at where Superman was at that time. I wanted to think about, you know, if you were working on this show... And the only real point of reference for Superman in a visual medium was the movie. Where do you go from there? You know, Richard Donner and that cast and crew did such a fantastic job at creating a believable Superman uh, for its time. Mm -hmm. And I think Superman the movie, more so than most comic book movies, stands apart because it's a fun superhero movie. It's a really fun science fiction movie. Uh, more fantasy than science fiction, mm-hmm. but it's also just very good cinema. Yeah, and I, you know, it was written by Mario Puzo, who did The Godfather, and so there was a lot of class to the movie uh, coming out, like you know, nineteen seventy eight, right? You know, during the time of like Star Wars and stuff, and uh, you have to think about like, okay, you know, you've already had somebody that have left has left their mark on Superman. Like, where can you possibly go from here? Uh, I also think another interesting aspect of Superman the Animated Series from a creative standpoint is that um, I don't think we really understand that, um, or I think we actually, not that we don't understand, but I think sometimes we forget that Warner Brothers was in active development of a Superman movie right at this time. So you have a creative team that's developing Superman and they're tasked with reintroducing him Uh, to audiences, but they're also faced with, like, okay, like, how are we going to reintroduce Superman in a way that's not going to conflict with what's being developed for a potential Superman movie? And, and of course, I'm referencing Superman Lives with uh, Tim Burton and and Nicolas Cage. Um, So I think Bruce Timm and and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett absolutely had um, a very interesting task at hand uh, to develop uh, with Superman. Uh, so going back to them saying that it was a hard show to do, I, I, I believe it. You know, uh, I, I absolutely believe that it was a hard show to do. And it's interesting that they said that they also ran out of time to do an original main title. Batman the Animated Series, we all know that opening where, you know, it's the bank robbers, like the eyes, you know, Batman taking on the thugs on the rooftop, Danny Elfman theme playing, and it is never featured in the show. The first episode's on leather wings and you're thinking like, okay, like are we going to see this at some point in the, in the, in the television program? And we don't, we don't ever see it. And Superman, the animated series, we're getting clips of different moments from the whole series. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is a different direction. So I have like two things that I've been thinking about, especially Mm -hmm. with like the main title. I like the clips. I like the Shirley Walker theme it's very John Williams-esque, but it's also its own thing. And there's a lot of beats to it that are very exciting. And, and especially, you know, you see Superman punch through a robot. And you see, you know, uh, him rip, uh, you know, a mechanical dinosaur apart. And he appears and Lex gets angry and he smashes, you know, the desk. And then Superman, like, pulls open, 
you know, the shirt. And uh, it hits every beat. And for me, I, I feel like in retrospect, I wouldn't have it any other way. I like this opening. I like that, you know, it's just like... A, 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 Glory, like a glorified greatest hits compilation of the whole series, and it matches well with um, with the theme. And uh, I love the opening. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, do you know what it reminds me of the uh, the opening? Like since it's taking clips of you know future episodes and what you're expecting to see, and it's one of your favorite franchises of all time. It actually reminds me of the Mission Impossible openings. Actually, oh my god, yes, that's what it reminds yes. me of. Uh, like you know when it, like you got the fuse going Mission Impossible and you got all like the little like snippets mm-hmm. of like what we're gonna see and like it's like it gets you excited and even though like it's not like the Batman animated series where they couldn't have their own you know featured footage for you know the intro it still gets you excited because especially like how I got excited when seeing it like montages are supposed to be exciting and when you have a, a montage of Superman taking on all his greatest foes you know in the future you're like, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And it's like, I'm waiting for this. Like, like for me, I'm waiting for that episode with Lobo. Or like, you know, it's like maybe someone who's a fan of Brainiac waiting for Brainiac to come in in his full, his full form. Or, you know, someone waiting for Lex Luthor to come in. So like having a mont- an intro montage like that gets people excited. It gets, you know, that person really, really excited. And um, it, it makes itself different, you know, it makes itself different. Oh, I would say like maybe it's like the Mission Impossible of the Superman you know, Superman stuff because of the way they do their intro. I mean, there's many, many series out there that do intros like that, but to have that in an animation form and make it a little bit different from other ones, you know, it's really nice to see, a really nice touch to see. And sometimes when, you know, things don't go right in production in terms of uh, either whether it's movies or TV shows, you know, sometimes what you get for the final product when you had to, like, you know, just come up with it on the spot sometimes it just works out very very well and for here it works out very well having this you know nice montage right before the episode or you know before when it was a movie i was was this um in in it when it was like a movie back then in the 90s it's interesting uh i don't really remember we'll have to research that we have to absolutely research that uh, I, I think w- when it originally premiered it, I think it just like went right in, like uh, when it was on TV on the weeknight, uh, when they first showed it, if I remember correctly, I think it just like went right into like the opening, uh, where, where you're just like, it's like that title card. Um, yeah, I don't really remember. I, I like, we definitely have to do our research for that. Uh, that, that's actually a very interesting question that I, I feel like we, we need to reveal an answer to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love that you mentioned that it's very much like Mission Impossible, and I just want to point out that, of course, Henry Cavill, who's in Man <laughs> of Steel, uh, was in Mission Impossible Fallout, and those films have such great openings, and, and I think, yeah, absolutely showing the clips, you know, from the from the series, um, you know, you get excited by it because you see Superman doing all these different things, like, you see him you know, rip, like, the jaws off a T-Rex, and you're like, well, like, is, is he fighting, like, a real dinosaur? You know, is this, like, you know, like, the Silver Age, kind of like Superman, where he's, like, doing all these, like, really wonky, like, adventures? Or is it a robot? Or is it a robot? <laughs> uh, which we know the answer to, and, and if you don't know, uh, you'll have to wait. Um, but then you also have, like, Kim, like, facing off against Lex, and Lex is obviously irked at, like, uh, he smashes the table. <laughs> and uh, it's like you know like you want to see that Typical like what's Lex. going yeah like what's going on um and uh yeah i think you know the fact that they did run out of time um it was really for the better uh of the series and i think it gives superman the animated series just a little bit more of an identity that stands apart from batman the animated series which i think is needed you know i think while Superman the Animated Series that, that I, we do, and like I, I myself like to remind people that it is very much the companion piece to Batman Animated, um, Superman TAS is really, you know, its own show. And as Superman continued through Justice League, uh, they kind of moved away from elements of the animated series, uh, especially that you had Tim Daly as the voice actor for Superman, and then you had George George Newbern as the voice of Superman in the, in the Justice League show, and it's 
stands in its own corner of Superman on screen as its own thing. And, and I think Superman's greatest strength is that there have been a lot of numerously talented people that have spoken to the character and have interpreted the character in their own way where it stands testament to really what uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel created back in, in, in the late 30s. It's crazy how much we could talk about in intro, and I think many people who are listening to this right now will want us to get right into the episode. I think yeah, I time. yeah, Especially you know, the time limit since I'm the one looking at the computer, we are very close to that thirty minute mark. So wow, okay, we should get right into it, and we could talk. We're gonna be talking along as you know we're we're watching it, and we have our notes here. So like we're gonna be like going through it like a conversation, like almost kind of like a reaction that like you watch on YouTube just without that visual part. Because, um, you know, copyrights is the best or the worst thing to do. I know the feeling. What I love about uh, The Last Son of Krypton is that it introduces us to Krypton. And the Krypton that we see is very crystalline, uh, very cold. Like that uh, 1978, you know, um, in- intro. It mm-hmm, was almost completely. like an icy planet. And I like that they acknowledge that Superman, uh, especially the mythology of Superman... Uh, that they absolutely tip their hat to the work of Richard Donner. Uh, but what's kind of interesting is you have Jor-El, and he's uh, in, in he's been he spent like the past five months in the northern region of Krypton, and he's uh, using these subterranean probes to uh, collect as much uh, data as he can, you know, on Krypton because he does believe that the planet is in peril, and so he's uh, floating above like uh, the surface of Krypton. But then in his like little like glider mm-hmm. device that he yeah. has, he uh, immediately descends into Krypton. And I don't know if I'm looking at it in a deeper way, but I kind of feel like it's almost like them saying, look, we're acknowledging Superman the 1978. We get it. You know, this is what Krypton looks like. But now we're going to get even deeper into Krypton in a way that no one's seen before. Yeah, like no one's seen the SpongeBob looking tentacle character that's attacking him right now. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, it, it's funny because Paul Dini has uh, gone on record as saying that that he thinks is the most disgusting animal that they ever uh, developed for uh, the animated series. I mean, it disturbed me when I was watching it because like it's tentacles, you know, and it's latching onto him like that. Like it's like a mixture of a germ and like an octopus and I'm not too sure what it is it's um it kind of reminds me of like that uh I think it was like the trilobite from Prometheus that like weird like octopusy looking thing oh you mean the one that uh killed the uh, the Scottish guy or the the, the one that killed the two scientists in like the dark yeah where it kind of like latches around like yeah their their arm and then kind of like that big thing at the end it's it's very like maybe they took inspiration from this you never know (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're getting our introduce, uh, introduction to Brainiac and... Which surprised me because he's a computer at the moment right now. Mm-hmm. And um, Stephen was telling me the history of it and how they're due, they did Brainiac in a different origin um, compared to the comics. And by having him as a creation of Kryptonians, I think it's a very interesting origin for the anime series because it's almost like uh, the destruction of Krypton is almost like Brainiac's fault. I even have this down in my notes, like, uh, cause of destruction of Krypton Brainiac question mark because it's like it's kind of almost his fault of like all oh, so many Kryptonians are, are dead because yes he could have said it um, but he didn't he kept his mouth shut he didn't want to say anything because he's a selfish AI at this point so it's like you know maybe they took it off a Termina- Terminator and like maybe like you know AI the destruction of like uh, the human race or something like that but this here is like Kryptonian race so it's like you're almost thinking about it like you know, because especially here, when you hear Jor-El's voice in his anime series, he's like very, his voice is formal. It's like, you know, it's almost like a standard American you find like off the street or something like that. And Christopher McDonald was the voice of Jor-El. Yeah. And like you compare that to something like the 1978 version where like, you know, Marlon Brando is doing like this kind of like English voice and saying Krypton instead of Krypton. 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 I can't do a good Marlon Brando, but not I, many people could, you know, it, 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 we, we, when we were watching the 1978 movie, uh, as, as a preface to the lesson of Krypton part one, I, I respect the movie and I, you know, Marlon Brando is is a screen legend. You know, there you, you know you can't even say anything against that. I, I think that's definitely an unarguable fact of of cinema. Yeah. Uh, but, and this is very <laughs> daring to say, 
because and 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 I know I'm a very daring guy with with my interests and what I like about Superman. We are so sorry, Marlon Brando fans. We are so sorry. <laughs> but I I didn't like him as Jor-El. I really yeah, didn't. Yeah, me either. And uh, Krypton. And it's interesting because <laughs> I feel like uh, Sol Van, who is um, the grandfather, the grandfather who's uh, Lara's father mm-hmm. and Jor-El's father-in-law. He's voiced by uh, the wonderful actor uh, Tony J. Uh, he, he, he's done a lot of voice work. He also appeared in, uh, the Lois and Clark, uh, the new adventures of, of Superman. And I kind of feel like the soul van character is a lot more like Marlon Brando mm. as Jor-El than Jor-El here. Yeah. It's like Marlon Brando. And again, I like what they were doing where they were very much acknowledging that, look, we get, you know, 1978 movie. It, it stands, you know, mm-hmm. high up on out. the pole. And at this point in time, you know, nobody, you know, we didn't have a Superman Returns. We didn't have a Man of Steel. We didn't have a Krypton TV show. So I like that we see, excuse me, a portion of Krypton that's crystalline and cold. But now we're seeing a more organic Krypton. I like how we see uh, Jor-El that's a little more of like an action figure and a Mm -hmm. little more of an adventurer and a little more like a... You know, uh, Alan Burnett had like compared him to like like a like um like a diehard like John McClane kind of character, especially <laughs> as you get further into the episode. And I like this presentation of Jarrell, where he's a little more hands on and he's more warm and loving mm-hmm. with Lara. Uh, I mean, throughout this whole episode, you see him hug Lara. Yeah. You see them embrace each other. You see them kiss. You mm-hmm. see them very warm with Kal El, where um and it's a little more relatable. Where I felt like Krypton in the movie. It was very cold, yeah, and there wasn't really much emotion to, to From it. From anybody, almost anybody. I, I kind of felt like they were all there jerks. for that paychecks. In the last Son of Krypton Part One, one of the aspects that I really enjoyed about this was that the look of Krypton was much different than the nineteen seventy eight film, and I like that uh, they were tasked with the opportunity to not only present Krypton and the origin of Superman for new audiences and old audiences alike, but they had that responsibility of having to ask that question. Okay. Do we just continue what was started in the 1978 movie? And we present that look of Krypton or do, do we do something completely different? And up to now, uh, we only really had the man of steel, the reintroduction of the character in the comic book forms that John Byrne did in the eighties. And I like that they take a little bit of what John Byrne had created in regards to the costuming for the Kryptonians, but also that the planet itself was more organic and and more alive and more colorful. Yeah, the colors of uh, Krypton are very different. Like uh, when we watched uh, Man of Steel and also the opening for Superman the movie, you could tell the colors are very different in terms of from you know the darker tone of Man of Steel, also the very white, bright white, of um the Superman the movie one yeah where they look like Jiffy Pop bags ready to explode if I knew what a Jiffy Puff bag was it's probably I'm probably too young it's for the that the microwavable popcorn I'm a... do you know what that is which brand though well like Jiffy Pop oh you mean like the one that's like in like a little yeah like... yeah oh you see you I put I... them in like the you put them in like the microwave and the like oh you, oh you see that one I didn't I never used so I... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I, I seen that but yeah. yeah I guess so they look like they were going to explode. Yeah. Like like from it. Pop, 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 yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah the colors of the, on the ones on the show is very um, I want to say vibrant but they're noticeable like the like the red on um Jor-El, you know you see his cape also uh Lara actually just noticing Lara also has I think does she have red yeah she has yeah, red she on does, her yeah yeah so noticing like the red how that stands out from like the red rocks in the background um like like was it like a pink sea like, yeah like, it's like it's like, like kind of like a like a purple kind of it's like, not it's like not magenta it's not the 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 twin sons from tatooine that's I'm no definitely you. not i yeah. i do like that they that they uh with uh lara and and Jor-El, they have their kryptonian formal wear on and it's red and yellow and you kind of look at superman and it's like all right he's got like the red cape and he's got the yellow behind the the s you know symbol on its chest and with Man of Steel, uh, with the costuming that Jor-El wore before he has like the armor on, it's very similar to this. It's like a light brown. Yeah, yeah. And, and the styling of it reminds me a lot of it. 
But um, at this point, Jor-El, he confronts uh, Brainiac in uh, on Krypton, and uh, Jor-El's trying to really figure out, okay, like, well, what's going on here? You know, because the thing is, like, all of my scientific findings have pointed to the end of Krypton, and, uh, you know, it doesn't seem the case. And uh, what is Brainiac keeping from the, the Council? Yeah, Brainiac's definitely got some secrets hidden behind his hard drive um, over there in Krypton. And this version of Brainiac is very, um, I would say, more robotic than any other version that I've seen of Brainiac. Because I'm not too sure, sh- I'm not an expert on anything Brainiac, but I know, I mean, asking Steven right here, right now, is Brainiac technically a robotic race or is he like a mix it's a little bit of a mix i think right now like with krypton where we see That's uh, a mix, right? his home world of kolu uh kolu yeah and uh he he comes from like a race where they're they're all very you know they're they're robotic there's they're not really alive and so uh, would you say kind of like isaac on orville in a way because like so, kind of like because Isaac, you you've seen Isaac on Orville. Yeah. he's like you know he's ma- he's made. Mm-hmm. You know he's a sentient being fully. Yeah, because this one, the Brainiac in here, is fully sentient. He's fully sentient. He's a computer right now, and later on we'll see when he has a body. Like he, you could sell in the trailer. Like he gets a body, and you know Brainiac in here is just full out sentient computer, while all the other versions of him have been you know. A mix of sentient and biology together. I like how in this sequence, when Jarrell's confronting Brainiac, uh, y- you do have a lot of uh, when they were like Bruce Tim. He was talking about when they were uh, developing the look of Krypton and they and they were developing the environments. Uh, they were looking like you know, well, like do we like make you know nods to like the nineteen seventy eight movie? Do we go in like a different uh, uh, like like approach? And he didn't, he, like, he was very adamant that, like, we aren't going to do the 1978 film. And so, uh, because of his philosophical problems with the way Krypton was presented in that movie, he went for, like, more of, like, a Sid Mead kind of take. And, and there's definitely, like, a very um, big uh, Kirby influence, like, in this scene. You know, like, you have, like, the panels and the colors and stuff like that. So, Kirby, Jack Kirby, you know, a master who definitely had a lot of influence on Superman and Fourth World and and the New Gods and and with this show, it's cool to see that represented in the background of the cartoon. Yeah, and um, the artwork of the cartoon again, it's very just screams '90s. It just screams like '90s, like how I was telling you about how it reminds me a lot of the Spider-Man animated series uh, mm-hmm. animation in a way. And you know, we're coming we're coming towards uh the episode, the part where. Brainiac is going to be full, you know, just F you Krypton moment right here. Actually, did we mention how, you know, the part where Brainiac is like hours? Did we mention that? Well, yeah. I you Because know, right here just, is another yeah. hours. It's another hours. He's I, just like, goodbye. Yeah. And, and one of the aspects that, I, that I, you know, it gets me every single time when we watch this episode. It's just that. How much time is left? Hours. This world has seen its last sunrise. You know, you have Brainiac, and and I've made this anecdote when we were watching it. It's just like, you know, like you're with friends, and, you know, you go out and you get, like, some cheeseburgers or something like that, and, you know, like, you get home, and you go to, like, like clean up and, like, wash wash up, like, wash your hands and stuff like that, and then you go into the other room, and you're, like, ready to eat, and you're like, oh, like, you have my burger, and he's like, I ate it. Yeah, and, and then... And then, like, you're like, oh, okay. And then he just, like, gets up and, like, yeah, like let's, let's leave. Let's, like, and then it's kind of like, oh, all right. You know, it's just he's, that's what Brainiac is. That's what Brainiac just did, too, in this episode. He's a full douche. Yeah, to he Krypton. totally, you know, reveals that. Um, he doesn't care. Yeah, that that, um, that the planet's doomed. It has hours. It's seen its last sunset. Mm-hmm. Right now, we are seeing Lara uh, confront Jarell. Or Jorel confront Lara when he comes back from almost being killed by Brainiac, and here is definitely you know a part where kind of itches my skin, I guess you could say you know where, you know Stephen, so Jorel confronts Lara, and you know earlier 
she was just like, oh no, Brainiacs, and you know, no, he's not doing anything wrong. You just, it's all in your head. Stop, stop being crazy. And then, you know, he comes back, little blood on him, says, no evidence saying Brainiac, you know, just try to kill me. That he lied. The herb's doomed. Oh, honey, I believe you. Let's let's send our son away. You know, Krypton's doom. Dad, create a distraction. Mm-hmm. That's basically how how you know Lara just acted right now, which kind of irks me because it totally changed the tone of character from earlier. But you know, it's a pilot. It's a pilot. It's basically a pilot episode. You know, it can't be always perfect, right, Stephen? Yeah, I think uh, The Last Son, Son of Krypton, you know, like, it, it's remarkable in that there's a lot of material that it has to cover, and it has to do the job at presenting Superman and his origin again uh, outside of, you know, it's come before in, in comic books and in, in the 1978 movie in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. But, you know, the, the episode, you know, I, I think they did a fantastic job at, you know, showing us, you know, uh, a, a believable version of Krypton. Uh, the episode was written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, and um, yeah, I you know it's you, you see a lot of new things here. You know, with Jor El with blood, you get like a little hint that that there are clones on Krypton, and uh, you hear somebody even utter "Great Rao," you know, and of course, Superman fans know that that Rao is is the god that they worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see more of Raul if you guys want to in the show uh, Krypton. You could explore him more in season one if you guys want to as well. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, you get a lot of him in that. Brainiac's out. Yeah, He's Brainiac in. leaves. He's That's out. That's it. He took the burgers and he ran. Took the burgers and he ran, or he probably, like, you know, stole that one item from the food store in the corner section. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's like the people that, like, start looting, like, in a time of crisis, like... Once there's like, a blackout, like, I was like, get it, like, get it all, get yeah, it all. it's like a tsunami coming to hit the town, and, like, what does it matter if, like, you get, like... You okay, know, it's like, time to get that 4K yeah. TV from Best Buy. Yeah, like, like a tornado, like, dude, like, the world's ending. Um, I, I think it's really also, uh, really daring on the part of the creators, because you see a lot of death in this episode. Yeah. And I remember, in, like, Spider-Man, the animated series... You know, like, the guns would all be kind of, like, these, like, lasers. Mm-hmm. They were never, like, really, like, guns guns. And, like, Good Batman show. Animated Series had it, too. But, like, you see blood in this. And yeah. you see Jor-El come in, and, like, he's got blood coming from his mouth. And then, like, as Krypton's splitting apart, you get a little bit of the 1978 look where the planet's coming apart. And then I think there's a lot of elements here that later went on to inspire Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, considering this, of course, was from 96, Man of Steel's 2013, with eruptions. Uh, but you're seeing people get killed, mm-hmm. and it's pretty heavy stuff because as... Like, they're know, not afraid that, yeah, you know, to, to show yeah. this to kids. I mean, as eruptions are starting, and you see Krypton exploding, it's like, yeah, the planet's like, everybody's gone. Yeah. But, like, you see people getting crushed, and you see people, like, kind of falling into, like, pits, and it's like, wow, like, alright, that's kind of heavy. And I love this part right here too, how like you see the eruption like hitting Kal El's pod that and also the the green for the symbol of kryptonite, you know, gonna be like, you know, probably representing the show later on, I'm assuming. So like and also when we see that, you know, the explosion of Krypton right here and all that green meteor shower, you know, that kryptonite I'm assuming that's kryptonite, it's almost like, you know, a symbol of oh, this is gonna follow him back to Earth and this is gonna be, you know, a problem for him in the future um all this all this kryptonite following him kind of reminds me a little bit of like star wars when the millennium yeah. falcon goes into chewy make the jump to hyperspace <laughs> yeah but yeah the last son of krypton part one it's a really magnificent introduction to superman mm-hmm. and superman the animated series and when we we began talking about the saturday morning superman show we were really thinking about where to start and and for me i i i wanted to always do a podcast on Superman the animated series but in doing a Saturday morning Superman show you know like you have to think about Superman in a, in a greater and bigger way and he's had such a rich history in animation with you know the Fleischer shorts and stuff so we had thought like well do we start with the animated series you know from you know like from the Fleischer series or, or do you start with like the Ruby Spears series from the 70s that came out a little out, like around the time of Superman the movie, or do you start here? And then I started thinking of the Saturday Morning Superman show more in regard in in terms of like an anthology, where season one we would explore you know across thirteen episodes the first season of Superman mm-hmm. uh, TAS, and then perhaps for the second season we would switch it up 
and we would look at maybe Fleischer or we would look at Ruby Spears or, or Super Friend. Yeah. And then maybe, re- and then of course, with the intention of revisiting, you know, the rest of the series of Superman TAS. But um, Last Son of Krypton, I, I loved it. You know, I, I've seen it quite a few times now. And, uh, you know, from like the Kirby, like the Jack Kirby nods that they have mm-hmm. in it to, um, to, you know, really just like reintroducing us to Krypton you know, in a, in a modern way, it really stands apart. And uh, from Superman the movie to this, I definitely enjoy Last Son of Krypton Part 1 over Superman the movie. And uh, again, I've made no stranger to the fact that I really do believe Superman excels more and exceeds uh, greater in animation than live action. But um, Justin, I want to hear from you. This was the first time that you had really seen the episode. So mm-hmm. what were your thoughts? My thoughts is, uh, you know, as to expect from any, you know, well, this used to be a movie, but to, to expect from any, like, you know, first introduction to a show, it's going to be a little slow. It's going to be, you know, a build up, And it interests me because, you know, a lot of those changes, like I said, Brainiac being changed in terms of his origin, that interests me because, you know, whenever they change a character's origin from the comics, I'm always wondering where is this going to go. So I'm very curious to see where Brainiac's character is going to go in the future and I'm also curious to see you know how Kal-El is going to be you know represented in the show how Superman is going to be represented in the show how it's going to be when he meets his um earth parents and just seeing uh Krypton here you know again like you said compared to the 78 version I did enjoy this more I enjoyed the colors a lot more I like the colors because I'm also paying attention to the animation and the artwork of it and it's very nice I like how it has that little stuttery again to the pans at the tilts and then to um, the characters when they're moving again it just it kind of brings me back to when you know I used to watch animation a lot when I was a kid and because I don't do that anymore I usually I'm more, more into like the live action stuff because we're getting so much live, live action today that I just forget to watch animation and I just you know I just don't really have time and you know to see something like this you know it's like I kind of wish I watched it when I was younger um, even though, like, again, I was not big into Superman when I was younger, but it, I bet if I was introduced to this when I was younger, I probably would have been into Superman a lot more. But yeah, it was a great start. Not perfect, not like, you know, a masterpiece, but um, I want to see part two, part three to get that full. Because like, like how you said, I, I don't know. It I, came out I, as a movie, <laughs> so like, it's like yeah. you kind of have to see it full. Yeah. So, like, I mean, sometimes when you break up something in the parts, it doesn't really work. Like, for example, The Hateful Eight that just came out in like, uh, four episodes mm-hmm. on Netflix with the extended cut that works because the hateful eight and like the way Tarantino does his work is in um, chapters. So that's something like that works. But for this, like, the way you said it, you know, it comes out as a movie where it's like no cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like I have to see them, you know, back to back. Yeah. With Superman, especially with his origin and reintroducing him to the world, uh, you know, you get last son of Krypton part one and, it, and it's just solely centered on Krypton. And then, you know, you have Lesson of Krypton Part Two, which focuses on Clark Kent's time in Smallville, and then ends with him in Metropolis, and and Part Three picks up where, you know, he's already been Superman for a few months, and what does Metropolis think about Superman? What does the world feel about Superman? You get Lois and Jimmy, and and you get a lot of the like the basic characters that 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 we all know and love about Superman, but um. Yeah, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Saturday Morning Superman Show. Uh, yeah, I, w- I think your neighbors are, like, not wanting us to record right now. Yeah, th- there's, uh, I don't know if, like, maybe that's, like, a LexCore, like, if they're doing work, and maybe, like, LexCore is, like, employing, like, people to kind of, like, almost sabotage. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I thank you for listening as we spoke about the lesson of Krypton Part 1. Uh, for those of you that... Um, are, are joining us uh, across our journey through Superman and animation across generations. I highly welcome you to really watch the series along with us. I highly welcome you to check out uh, Superman the Animated Series. It's currently available on the DC Universe app along with uh, being available on, on DVD, uh, which I'm sure you could find. And I, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love, we both would love for you to be watching these episodes along with us as we go through season one. And mm-hmm. you could find us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Instagram at Saturday Morning Superman Show, and on Twitter at Sat 
Superman show, SAT Superman show. And as podcasts work, uh, I will uh, be a little more transparent for this episode mm-hmm. and for the context of, 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 of how we're doing this show. But we're recording the Saturday Morning Superman show as if we were recording an actual series. Yeah. So we have blocked out dates where across like a few days we record a few episodes. And we've recorded The Last Son of Krypton Part 1 on June 28th. And so by the time you're listening to this, uh, the whole Season 1 will be done. And we'll have done this uh, two months prior. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try to bring, bring these episodes out as like, you know, on a steady pace. We're going to do our best to do that. And so while we're currently not set up on any uh, podcasting service, <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, we will be. Uh, we will be. And as with anything else, we highly uh, recommend, if you like the show, to leave a review and subscribe. Uh, reviews and subscribes absolutely help us out and along with just showing us that you're out there and, and you support us and, and you like what we're doing and and we hope that you enjoyed our take on Lesson of Krypton Part mm-hmm. 1. Yeah, and um, should we say our personal Instagram accounts to give shoutouts or something like that? You know, to get the word out? Or? Take it away, Cisco. Cisco? Okay, I don't have the hair right now, so... But... So, um, I'm Justin Candelaria. You can find me uh, at Justin Candelaria, J-A-S-T-Y-N, and then Candelaria, C-A-N-D-E-L-A-R-I-A, at, on IG. And you can find me also at Prime Critic Entertainment, which is Make Those Spaces, and you'll be able to find me on Instagram as well. Um, I will have a Twitter at some point, probably by the next, you know, few episodes, but I'll make sure to have that. By the time you're listening to this, the his Twitter will probably already be well and set up. So Yeah, it's just, you know, I just didn't get I haven't gotten into it, but Steven's very convincing of for me getting a Twitter. But anyways with Steven, how can we also find you? You can find me uh on social media across uh Instagram and Twitter. Uh you could find me on Instagram at Sherbert Downey Jr. And you could find me on Twitter at Reggie Mantle the Third. That's Reggie Mantle uppercase I I I. And if you like Universal monsters, the classic monsters, and the newer films like 2017's The Mummy and 2020's upcoming The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wan L and starring Elizabeth Moss, Storm Reed, Aldous Hodge, and Harriet Dyer, I really suggest you follow me on Universal Monsters Universe. Uh, we have a site. Uh, we have a Twitter page, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, and we have a Tumblr page, and you can keep up to date on all the latest Universal Monsters news there. Uh, this episode of the Saturday Morning Superman Show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Be peaceful, everyone. The Saturday Morning Superman Show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles. Your friendly neighborhood comic book shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Offering some of the best in pop culture needs and collectibles.